you know, success isn't just financial success. It's how happy am I? Do I have the time to do the things I want to do outside of work? Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello everyone, my name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm here with my co-host Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com and together we're going to talk about everything and anything that we find interesting from the world of learning another language and today from the world, once again, of working with another language. So you might have recently heard Paul Kay on the show, who talked about getting a career with the European Union Commission, being a translator, being full-time, but you may not be eligible for working for the EU, or you may just not want to work for the man. So today, Lindsay and I, who don't work for the man... <laughs> I'm going to talk about who we work for and why we do it and how it all works. So the topic of today's episode is how to manage running an online business as a language teacher. It's the four-hour work week, right, Lindsay? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> so if you have if you if you've ever wondered how to, I don't know, live the dream life under palm trees, this this surely is the episode for you. And such delights are brought to you by our sponsor. So I'll tell you about the sponsor right now. And that is italki. Italki has enabled many, many a person to start their little online teaching career. Isn't that right, Lindsay? Absolutely. Yeah. Worked for me. Worked for you. Yeah. Might yeah. work for other people out there. And italki, if you've never heard about it, is one of the most effective, fastest ways to become fluent because what italki does is put you in touch with a human teacher that helps you take one-to-one -one lessons and one-to-one -one lessons are better than a traditional classroom lesson on the whole because they are so convenient they're so focused you don't have to travel you can learn from home and they tend to be very very affordable as well so Lindsay you and I were just talking about our different language Lessons that were taken on italki, right? Yes, we were. Chinese ah. and Korean. Mm -hmm. Chinese and Korean. And what other languages have you studied with italki in the past? Oh, loads. I did the... the it's funny because I did a thing before I went away on italki. It was the Diversity Language Challenge, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. And I decided to have 12 lessons in 12 different languages um, that were... I think the theme was minority languages or languages that weren't studied as much, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, loads of languages that I've had like one lesson in for that. And then I've studied Guarani on there. I've studied um, Portuguese. I learned most of my Portuguese with italki lessons, German as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all sorts. Japanese. Yeah. It's really over the years when you are a, a language enthusiast like we happen to be it does really build up right i've done i've done icelandic lessons on italki mm. i remember i've mm. done i think i've done a spanish lesson i have done french and i've done many a welsh lesson on italki so no matter to be honest no matter what language i've looked for i've always always found them so 
listeners, no matter which language you are studying, because I know many of you out there are studying minority languages, but you might also be just here like thinking, no, Kirsten, look, I just want to get fluent in French. If that's what you want to do, try and check out italki. It is a wonderful way of getting authentic, real cultural experiences, having conversations with native speakers who are in your target country, learning the culture. Language is for communication. So connect with people around the world using italki. And if you've never done it before... I also have a voucher for you, voucher, and that is $10 for free in your italki account if you sign up using our link, which you can find in the show notes or simply go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki, that is fluentlanguage.co.uk slash I-T-A-L-K-I. Thank you so much to italki for sponsoring the fluent show this year you've done really wonderful things for keeping us on the air and here we are our conversation today is going to center around different questions that Lindsay and i have for each other so it's going to be a conversation from the two of us i think we started we mentioned this on on a recent episode Lindsay and i have started Lindsay does languages and fluent language obviously completely independently from each other but around the same time so we've been around for about seven years in this language learning language teaching online business kind of space have tried a few things and we have you know we've we've known each other and we've been friends for a long long time and we have collaborated as well on things like women in language and the upcoming series of workshops which we've made for ambitious online language teachers and creators that I'll tell you about in a second so I th I'm kind of curious about a few of Lindsay's answers to these questions and um, Lindsay you've got a few questions and I've already read through them I think they're really interesting as well so hopefully what you're going to enjoy in today's conversation is a little bit of a chat and you'll get to hear a behind the scenes look at how we go about planning our weeks and go and developing those online courses that many of you have joined and many of you have enjoyed and keeping going and planning for the future and possibly freaking out now and then. Now, in addition to today's podcast, I also want to make you aware that we have recorded a bonus episode. In fact, we've recorded two bonus episodes that you can get by signing up for the Teach and Thrive mailing list. So Teach and Thrive can be found at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash teach-thrive. That's a little bit of a mouthful. So just look in the show notes. It's going to be right there. And like I said, that's our upcoming workshop season. No matter if you're interested in the workshops or not, if you want to get notified or you simply want to hear our bonus episode, get yourself on that list and then that will be my gift to you. And on my bonus episode, we are going to talk, we're going to talking, we're going to talk about <laughs> making products, our creative and creation processes. So our products involve quite a wide range. We've both written books, made online courses and, but also How do you test a product idea? How do you decide what idea to go with? So if you have ever been interested in making something that you might be, you might want to sell, you might want to just share 
out there with the language learning world, then the bonus episode is for you. It's absolutely free. Simply sign up and I'll send you an email. That is the product bonus episode. And Lindsay, what's planned? What's your secret cooking up plan for the other <laughs> bonus episode? Secret cooking up plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on my bonus episode, we'll be talking about our first online courses. So if you want to hear the story behind how both of us got started with that and it'll be interesting because I don't actually know Kirsten what yours was so I'm looking forward to recording that after this oh gosh it's gonna be so embarrassing now (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's gonna be good yeah and you can get that at lindsaydoeslanguages.com forward slash what should I call it what did you call it? Teach Dash Thrive. Teach Dash Thrive because, well, the workshop series is called Teach Ampersand Thrive, but that's not what my computer system was able to accept. So it's Teach Dash Thrive. That so, then, the okay. same, right? So lindsaydoeslanguages.com forward slash teach dash thrive. Those are the addresses. Go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash teach dash thrive <laughs> and lindsaydoeslanguages.com slash teach dash, teach dash thrive. And Again, you will find those in the show notes. And that's where the bonus episodes are. And and there's an episode of us discussing something else. We'll be talking about marketing over on Ooh. my podcast, Teach Languages Online. Yeah. So we've got a whole teaching teaching little, and creating season. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So how this is going to work. I've got three questions for Lindsay maybe a few more. And Lindsay's got a few questions for me. And I'm just going to kick off now. So Lindsay from Lindsay Does Languages, fabled businesswoman. <laughs> going all the way back to the start, you think back to remem- to starting Lindsay Does Languages. Mm. Do you remember when you first started thinking of your teaching as, as a business or at the start... How did you think about it, perhaps in a different way, an attempt, a project, a side hustle? What was sort of on your mind? My online teaching or my teaching in general? Oh, I started offline. Ah, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I started offline, but I originally I started, um, I was working in a school and of course that means you finish at 3.30 and so I had all this extra time and you didn't get paid much working in the school. So I started teaching after school, right? Um, so then it was like, I guess what you'd call nowadays a side hustle. It was sort of extra. And then I left, I had a gap in my studies. And so I left the job and I went traveling to Asia. And when I came back, you know, my my kind of, my my how would you call this my my kind of comfort I guess in all of this was that well if I come back um and I can't find a job I've got this teaching thing that is a thing that's happening that's going quite well so I can always just try that at least you know if I if I go full-time that's cool if not it's something to bring in some money right um so it was always a bit of like fun I guess it was always a bit of what you'd call a side hustle and then when I came back, I got a job in another school, hated it, left after three months and went full time. So I feel like it was always meant to be. It was always kind of, you know, going to happen at some point. Mm. But it, I just needed that push of that horrible second school to 
make me go for it. And so it was it was pretty instant then because I I left. I literally left on the Friday at Easter, half to, at the Easter holidays. I left on that Friday. It was Friday the 13th and I started Monday the 16th, registered my business, started putting things together, you know, and then that was it. And you were quite you were fairly young at the time. Like you you didn't have sort of a lot of years of employment history under your belt, right? This is the longest job I've had, but mm. I did have I had had multiple jobs. Okay. So I would have been this would have been 2012 when I left the second school. So I was um how many years ago is that? <laughs> 7 years? Is that about right? It is. Yeah. Um so I would have been yeah, just just over 20, 21, 22, round about then. Um, mm. Yeah, but I'd, I'd worked in loads of various jobs. Like I'd been in that school for three months. I was in the other one for two years. That was the longest job I'd had before that. Then I worked in um, in a laboratory at a flour mill. I worked in a petrol station. I worked in um, Argos, mm. <laughs> if you know that, if you're in the UK. Um, I worked, I did lots of volunteering as well. I volunteered at Brownies. I volunteered doing some English teaching. Um, I, what else did I do? I did some volunteer work with, um, some disability group stuff as well. So yeah, loads of experience. Um, Mm. but yeah, now, you know, looking back like, yeah, this is the longest job that I've ever had. Yeah. It's different. I think it's, it's different or it feels you know, when I started this, I was I was thirty, and see, I'm only twenty nine now, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. La la la. Uh, but yeah, I was maybe twenty nine, thirty, and I had had maybe four or five years of a um, one line of a career that I was kind of invested in. Mm. I really thought, you know, I really. I really enjoyed it. I really wanted to do well. And I really, I, I saw, you know, things I wanted to maybe accomplish or change. You know, I wanted saw projects that I wanted to, to somehow make happen. Although it's difficult because I worked in universities and they're very hierarchical and very slow moving. So you don't mm. really necessarily see the path to your, your ultimate goal. But the thing that the thing that kicked me off with with fluent language was was so um it was it wasn't like oh i'm going to try this and see uh, at first it was it was completely different because i i actually got sick in my career i got uh stress and and depression and um didn't have i really had a not very great time and i was i was basically off sick home Mm. So lucky me, I was getting paid while being off sick. Unlucky me, I was really, I was really struggling, and I had to kind of completely, you know, you sort of have to redefine yourself and sort of go like, oh, hang on, my work is my whole identity, and I sort of really slowly had to decouple from the old job and grow into what fluent was going to become. So, so like you, I was kind of, I was part time. I was, it was a. You'd call it a side hustle, I guess. You know? So was there was there like crossover in terms of time? Or was mm-hmm. was fluent an idea that started after you were off work or when you were still working? No, no. When I was, I, I. One of the reasons my work um, situation got so bad is because 
I was so invested in in what I was doing and working so hard at it that I basically made myself worse. I remember sort of coming back from a Christmas break and going to see the doctor and saying, look, I, I keep crying all the time, um, like on the way to work. <laughs> and and the doctor going, okay, well, I could sign you off, you know, or you, you, yeah. you should really... Um, and my workplace wasn't very good at recognizing and, and taking necessarily taking care of me. So So it wasn't, you know, like... They wanted me to perform. I, I think apparently from having spoken to colleagues now, I, I hid it well as well, or at least, you know, like mm. people don't know how you are on the inside. And, um, but I remember the doctor saying that, but I didn't actually go off sick until May, when, oh, no, March, when I really, really had to. Like I just had, just, just you know, things happened and there was like a catalyst moment where I went, okay, like this is, you gotta, you gotta stop. You've got to just, and I was going to be off for like two weeks and then they sign you off for like two weeks and then another two weeks. So you have to go back to the doctor and go, and they're like, how you doing? Take this depression test. Okay, you're not going to work kind of thing. Mm. So mm. it wasn't, <sighs> and then as I was off, I was still thinking like I was maybe applying for like jobs at different workplaces, but still the same job. Yeah. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to become a language tutor at all. At all. I didn't even think I'm going to start my own business or start my own thing. Nothing like that. I just couldn't even picture it. For a long time, I was still like, why can't I go back to work? How I failed so badly, you know? And it it really happened very, very slowly. And one of the reasons I recently shared my first flyer online that I found mm. sort of while rooting around the hard drive. One of the reasons that flyer doesn't have my name on is because I didn't want my then boss to see it around town. <laughs> like I didn't want them right. to know that I'm doing anything else because I didn't know what was happening with So what was my it then career. that made you what was it then that made you make that flyer? Uh one of my mates said, Why don't you start a business? <laughs> or like, you know, right. like why don't you do something by yourself? And uh, so I was like, hmm, okay. And then at the time I had a lot of time, so I started taking books out from the library. And hilariously, I read the four hour work week at the time. Yeah. Which which has a lot of stuff that is bobbins in my mind, but you know, some people will think differently. But it has got at the start such a different perspective on working and working mm. in big organizations and careers to what I had in my head. I'll give you that. It does start well. It does as start I, as well. I went yeah, as I went on with that book, I was, I mean, I was skeptical from the start, but then as it went on, I just got more and more like, come on, <laughs> come on. And it, yeah. it has this exercise in it where, uh, and I really took it seriously. I really did all the exercises. And one of the exercises is, well, think of the best thing that could possibly happen in a year's time. Like if everything yeah. goes well, if your life turns out amazing, what, you know, what happens? And but also think of the worst thing. And I looked at it and I realized the worst thing is I'm still working in this job with this boss, with this situation. Uh -huh. And that's when something inside of me went, well, I've got very little to lose actually. So I might as well try something different. Um, and that, But no, I did, I did go back to work. I went part-time for a while. So I worked part-time for about eight months, I think, in, my, yeah. in a version of my old job. While so at this okay, so you went back to work part time and by this point the flyer was out, you were 
doing I was doing like French lessons yeah. yeah like I was doing a few French lessons I was doing a few German lessons and I very quickly realized that in Lancaster where I was living there wasn't going to be enough people interested yeah. in private German lessons with the budget for a private German lessons so I went online quite quickly and then started the blog actually very quickly because I had a lot to say about attitudes to languages I think mm, mm. you know because I'd always been into languages and I'd always had this whole com you know the the oh I haven't got the brain for languages conversation I'd already had that conversation a million times in my life yeah <laughs> and it just doesn't <laughs> stop and it doesn't go away and I just felt like no let's talk about why grammar is a good thing let's talk about this let's talk about that um and then I very quickly realized like with blogging um you can talk it don't really matter if people listen, but at least you get to put it out. So it was kind of cathartic. Um, and that's how it started. And then I found that people responded and agreed with me. And that was very encouraging. And then slowly, yeah, it, it sort of got going. But even when I quit my big job, I still, I took a different part-time job to supplement my income for another half year. Ah, oh, okay. What was that? I phoned people up who had had car repairs oh. to ask them how did the car repair go and they hired me because I spoke French and German. I was I was a bit worried by your hesitation. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with that. I, uh... Oh, is oh. it? No, no, no. <laughs> where is this going? Okay, so, and then how long was that? Sorry, six months with the, uh, with Ish, the second? I would say, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. I didn't know all of that. Sharon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult. Like now when when I talk about it, it's really odd. It feels a bit like a memory hole. Um and like any listener Do you feel like it's e nowadays I think it seems to me it's easier to talk about mental illness and well, I don't I, I don't know the word mental illness, but you know what I mean, mental health. Yeah. It seems easier to talk about nowadays i think it feels like people there is more of a, a will to have a conversation around it yeah mm, mm. um and it's still like like the th one of the things that surprised me the most was how my parents reacted yeah. because i thought they would scold me for like being lazy because that's what i tell myself um and instead my dad was like <laughs> Do you want me to round up some guys and come around and beat somebody up for you? Oh, wow. And I was like, ah, oh, um, no, but, you know, and they were oh. so, they were like, oh my God, you're not well. Are you okay? Are you doing what you need to do to be okay? Yeah. Um, and that, that, I don't know, that, that was quite validating at the time. So yeah, this just, I guess, shared for anybody who is, is also like, cause I know sometimes listeners get in touch and they say they're struggling with, with, um, anxiety or depression or something like that. And yeah, been there. It's not nice, but it, it gets better and fingers crossed for all of you because I still can't talk about it without getting emotional. Yeah. I mean, it lasts. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always, you know, it's always with you really. Yeah. Okay. So on that note. <laughs> But it did give birth to Fluent, so, you know. That's a good thing. <laughs> Woohoo! So, different question, or slightly different question. Mm -hmm. To you, Lindsay. Um, okay. Who, who, luckily, you had a slightly more lighthearted start into this, I hope. 
Well, uh, I did hate the job I was. It wasn't quite a, to the extent of, of your story, but yeah, I, I was like hating it and would be crying in the morning like, no, don't want to go, don't want to oh, go. Oh, dear. Yeah, do you think it takes something like that to, to push you a little bit? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes um, you know, I could have, I could have gone, I could have not found that second job and just gone straight into the teaching. I think it was having the security blanket of, this is a proper job. This is what you do, you know? Mm. Yeah, and I having the freedom of sort start... of experimenting a little bit on the yeah. side and waiting until you get it, you know, because you don't always get it right at the start. Exactly. I wasn't I wasn't someone that would have a business. I didn't do business studies at school. I didn't, you know, do like any of that going onwards or anything like that. You know, it wasn't, that was never in the plan. It mm -hmm. was never, it was mm -hmm. never something that was, thought of or or suggested or so it was yeah you you do feel like almost a, a sort of social obligation I guess to have a quote-unquote proper job yeah and But I think now the, if it's a proper job isn't good it becomes easier to leave the proper job <laughs> yes yes that's very true like you, yeah. you sort of I for a long long time a long time like three or four years at least really struggled with not having a job title which is the stupidest little thing really mm. but I used to have a business card that said a thing on it so I, mm. I felt like I knew who I was which yeah. is again is, you know we can talk about that later but it's like that's that, is that a healthy way to think mm. but <laughs> but you know like I really struggled and it took me a while to find the confidence to go actually This is Kirsten's job title now, which is made up by Kirsten and no one can touch it. And that's that's nice. But yeah. I think some people take to that naturally and have the confidence and some people stumble into it. Yeah. Okay, so a, a more practical, on a more practical note, um, if, if we have inspired any listener, I'd be surprised. But perhaps listeners, you've got ideas or you're thinking about something. So a question for you, Lindsay. What did your first website look like? Mm. Um, so I got my first website at the beginning, the very like that was like the first couple of weeks that we were setting up. Um, my husband, well now husband, Ashley, he made it for me because he knew how to do those kind of things. Um, you know, websites weren't his like speciality. His his whole deal is like film and video making, but he could put together a website because he'd done it for his job at the time. So I was like, okay, you can do the website for me. I don't know how to do that. And he did the design and he made some pretty pictures and stuff in Photoshop and it all was good. So I was happy. I was very much hands off and just kind of said, you know, I, I drew like a logo of like, you've, like the logo now is like part of the original thing. And I drew the, the logo of like, what I wanted that to be and mm. we had the name and then he created everything else so it was kind of blue it was a, a pale blue turquoisey color with mm. like these kind of swirls and it had the logo in sort of this fun kind of font and it had this the character was like the full well not the full body but like to the waist um oh you had the girl yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Does, does she have a name? Is she Lindsay? No, no, it's, it was never me. No, when I first saw your me. Twitter profile, I thought yeah. that was supposed to be you. No, no, I don't know. It just, it was just kind of like, it felt like it needed a face. 
because there, I think maybe because there is a name because it is Lindsay Does Languages, but because I was doing lots of children tuition at the time, it felt like it needed to be kind of a child-friendly face rather than just a human face of me, you know? So yeah, it just kind of happened mm. like that really. And then I, I kept it because... I like to, it's a bit of a legacy. So it stayed in the main logo. How did you know what to write on your first website? Um, I didn't. I don't even remember what I wrote. Like we had an about page. We had a contact page. And that was pretty much it, I think. I didn't really blog. I didn't blog until 2014. So until uh, I was going online, yeah. I barely used the website. It was like, it was on WordPress, but it was wordpress.com. Okay. So it was like, and I, I was so cheap, I didn't even buy the domain. It was lindsaydoeslanguages.wordpress.com because I was like, you know, I was like, well, it's not an online thing. You know, people will find me from the, from the billboards. This was a different time, right? People will find me from the, from the, um, <laughs> the, the, you know, notice boards and the leaflets and all of that stuff. People won't be looking yeah. at the website. Listeners, we're not talking it, about the 80s, but it sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> we're not, we're not, yeah, we're not talking about now. Now you would need this and it is more important. But, you know, at the time, mm -hmm. it, to me, I was like, oh, I, 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 no, just get basic. That will do, done. Yeah, yeah. Until 2014. And that's when I began to take it more seriously. Mm -hmm. So in terms of tools yeah. that you had for starting your business and especially thinking about, A new language business owner now, somebody who perhaps wants to do some language advice or, um, you know, language teaching. What do you think is the absolute mm -hmm. essential? I think if you teach online, you you got to have a website. You do. You do have to have a website. I think it's 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 definitely changed in that time, but also for me personally, going from primarily offline to primarily online, it's changed the website is like your hub it's like your you know if you're a sort of brick and mortar business you'd have a shop front right your website is that mm -hmm. so it has to reflect your business if your website looks kind of not good people will think your business is not good that's it it's that simple so in terms of tools i you know you need a website i use wordpress.org um you use squarespace right um I think they're both as good as each other. It depends yeah, what you it want depends. it for. I, I think I it's use important Squarespace. from the beginning to have. Apparently I've been, I, I, well, somebody told me, so it's like, this is you and nobody else, Kirsten. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, I've used Squarespace since since the, since the beginning. Um, I'm married to a web developer. So you'd think I've got a nice in-house employee. But I do not, and that's probably been quite good for our marriage that he pointed me towards Squarespace, which is a very simple kind of out-of-the-box, all-in-one solution. So you don't have to worry about your hosting or whatever. Your website's hardly ever down. It's it's mm -hmm. a it's not WordPress is a more flexible tool. It can it can do more acrobatics, and Squarespace is a is a really nice out-of-the-box. I don't know. You can price compare listeners, but yeah, this is this is. We, we're both happy with, with what we use. And um, do buy yeah. yourself a domain name. Very, very good point. That's important. Yeah, yeah. don't follow what I did in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get a domain name. And I would say also start an email list as soon as possible. 
Ah, yes, like a um, newsletter or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to put a few tools for that in the show notes, just in case you want to know what kind of stuff we use. I'll put in the show notes sort of we've WordPress, Squarespace, um, where to buy a domain name. And I'll also put something in about email lists. Okay, uh, what about um, colla- collateral? That's what it's called, right? All the, all the kind of printed stuff. Do you have business cards at the moment? I always wonder about, like, should I have business you know, cards? Y- yeah, I, I do have business cards, but I have old business cards with my maiden name on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have lo- I still have them left, loads of them left. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, this is silly because I have so many of these left, I never really use them. So I got some postcards. Um, with the, and I use the postcards for, like, um you know i send them out to like um the kind of top level students on my coaching packages as with other bits but then i also use them as like business cards if i need if i go to events and i'm expecting to people to be like oh have you got a business card i can mm. just write my name and email address and hand them over that way and it's a bit more unique so that's that's what i use yeah i think it's still worth having <laughs> And maybe I think mm. that because I haven't got any and every now and then, then I stand there empty handed like an empty. So usually make people subscribe to the Fluent Show. I'm like, I don't have a business card, but I have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get me on your phone. But yeah, I think business cards probably still worth it. But, you know, certainly nobody needs a compliment slip if you've got an online business. Now, Lindsay, you run a blog, a podcast, uh-huh. Uh-huh. several, several social media channels. You've just written a book. You publish several online courses every year. So so obviously this this kind of stuff, you start off with like a lesson, right? And then it builds and it builds and it builds. <laughs> and suddenly you're like Lindsay Industries. Um, obviously, the these are really like big demands on your time. And I think we'll talk about time management um, a little bit later, perhaps. And that's definitely a teach and thrive topic. So just remember, listeners, teach and thrive it's coming teach dash thrive on each of our websites (laughs) (laughs) okay so is there a whole team Lindsay, or is there just like one really well organized woman behind all this um it's mostly just me (laughs) um so like i mentioned my husband ashley his whole deal is well he's a primary school teacher by day but he's like experiences with video and film editing and stuff so hence why language stories was a podcast and video series um so he helps with video in terms of editing and i'll get the camera stuff out if i want to do like a batch shoot for videos and then he'll focus the camera mm-hmm. and then i'll get the footage and then he'll edit the footage and make the videos but other than that i do mostly everything i have um when I went away um I got some hours with a virtual assistant who's wonderful um Joe and I still have a couple of hours left with her because I I don't send much work her way there's just bits every now and then it's like oh okay I'll I need to give this to to Joe that's why that's why I paid her for that's what she's there for mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and I'll pass pass the odd task on um but yeah it's mostly just me mm-hmm so when it comes to planning your business, okay, so there's two sides, I think, to planning to planning for business. There's mm. the side of, well, here's all the projects I want to make into a thing, and here's where my money's going to come from, the sort of big picture stuff. And then there is the actual doing all the stuff. Yeah. 
So it's a bit like there's a book, listeners, that is very good, if a little bit patronizing and a bit like, there, there, lady. Um, but it's <laughs> it's called The E-Myth Revisited. So if you can deal with the patronizingness, the ideas are fantastic. Um, I think it's I think it's worth looking at. And, and that divides the sort of you're a one person business, right? Or a, you're a one business owner, but it divides you into a manager who just kind of looks after and makes sure the stuff is happening at the time that it should be. And then the, the sort of worker bee, the person who's actually doing the stuff. And then the CEO, like the person who actually thinks big picture. So I want to ask you what helps you when it comes to planning your business. But I think I have to break this question down a little bit. So <laughs> no, because there's just so much. So let's focus away from productivity and how do you get your stuff done? Because I think we've often talked about that with languages. But when it comes to planning your business big picture wise, what helps you and what what do you look to? Do you plan? Um, Does it just happen? No, I do plan. I At the start of the year I would do like a kind of update updated business plan for the year of um kind of like you know just a brief review on what happened last year was it what I was expecting to have done by that point and then I'll look forward to what I want to do I have so I use Asana for my like business organization I know you use Trello um and I have in there like one task, what is it called? One project, sorry, called goals. And so I just have anything that like crosses my mind of like a thought of like, oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing if I did a blank? Wouldn't it be amazing if I had a blank? <laughs> right? We all get those thoughts. Um, and I'll just write them down there. And once it's there, it's out of my brain and I don't need to think about it again until there comes a point where it's like, you know what? I've got some space coming up let's see where let's check in where am I at where mm -hmm. does that fit in right so I do I plan for like a year kind of in the beginning of the year like I have a rough year plan um and generally the first six months will be more full because it's easier to foresee you know that far ahead mm -hmm. and then what tends to happen is things might get general uh, uh like slightly just backed up Ever so, ever so slightly, you know, it starts off like perhaps a little too ambitious of like, yeah, I can do that in a week and then a week later that will happen. Yeah, no worries. Boom, boom, boom. But then in reality, maybe things just shift ever so slightly, you know. Mm. Um, but that's fine because that's why the second half <laughs> is designed to be a little bit emptier so that things just eat out ever so slightly to there. Um, so, yeah, I, I do that at the beginning of the year and then every month I check in um, and I do like my kind of... Um, actual stuff so I have like a projections you know forecast document and then I do the actual and update it with what actually happened you mm. know um, do you yeah. do you plan for growth or do you just plan for do, do, is there something else that you aim for growth in what sense Oh, like growth. Okay, growth in the, I'm thinking, usually, if you're talking about business plans, and you've got traditional business education, and you've mm. got the sort of, I, I'll call it the old school way of doing things and thinking about business. It's really like, well, do you want to scale? And how much money do you want to make next year? And next year, you want to make 20% more or like, you know, like you want to grow, 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 grow. So it's it's all about the money. But I think that's not necessarily the only kind of growth. Mm. so it depends I like what, what does it mean to you I think that um success equally has different measure like typically growth and success you view in a very financially minded 
way. Not not you, sorry, you as in the the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's other methods of of that. So it may be that in the beginning, as as you start things out, there are periods where you you feel like you're just working constantly on a treadmill and. Um, you know, you're doing all these things and you're putting all these things into place and, and nothing's happening. And then suddenly one day, oh, something happens. And that thing that you were doing has paid off. Wonderful. And so then you begin to get into a groove where you have more time then to settle down. And for me, like growth and success is, you know, success isn't just financial success. It's how happy am I? Do I have the time to do the things I want to do outside of work? Am I like life satisfied and not just like, yeah, money in the bank, yeah, right? It goes so much further beyond that. Um, And the same in terms of growth, you know, I think if you get too hung up on the very specifics of it, the numbers of growth, then it will become so draining so quickly and and so tiresome because it gets, you know, the, the, on the one hand, the more growth you have, the easier it is to grow more. On the other hand, it becomes harder because you put this pressure on yourself of feeling like you constantly have to be growing at that rate, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you're doing things on your own, like I am, that's that's difficult to do, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I think growth, I yeah, I do always try to keep, to continue. I feel like there's there's different areas. You know, you obviously need to be doing the things that are making money, Um, and then you need to be doing the things that are reaching new people on the other end of the the scale. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm doing things with my hands that you can't see (laughs) right now, which isn't helpful. It's like a cycle sometimes as well. Like I'm reminded I've grown up obviously like my my parents have a business we have a family business we are winemakers and I think what you learn you know they they never sat me down and went well Kirsten let me tell you about business but you sort of you know you learn naturally because that's just your life growing up and one thing I've learned is sometimes you'll have a good year Sometimes you'll have a bad year. Sometimes there's hail and it destroys half your harvest. Sometimes there's just sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. And you make, you, you get more grapes than you, you even, you're even like allowed to for your, your farming quota or whatever. You know, like yeah. some years are amazing. Some years are not. And you want some security and some things that are predictable. And, but you want some space for like, like you can't plan everything. And I think that's, yeah. that's something something I've I I uh, unconsciously approach business with mm. thinking about it perhaps like like that like it's a little habits. bit like, it's like farming <laughs> or so like yes yeah but you know like you'll it's have good, good years you'll have bad years yeah and so so security and survival I think is number one and then it's growth so it's whether you're feeling confident enough to to go there so perhaps I am more risk averse than some other business people in that way but to me that that is important because I I don't want to I certainly never wanted to get myself into debt over this oh no and there'll be times when you you don't have the capacity for growth you know like if I'm working on like opening up um, OTSK for example my priority is opening up OTSK and so it's talking to online teachers it's um, you know doing all of the, the things all of the content and all of the emails and all of that stuff and all that preparation that goes into all of that behind the scenes it's not 
reaching out to new people by that point. That has come before. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of ebbs and flows to growth, depending on yeah. you know what sort of season you're at in your business, if we keep going with the wine metaphor. <laughs> yeah, it's season, it's rhythms <laughs> and it's yeah. It's like natural cycles and it helps, especially if yourself, if you are really self-employed, like you are yourself and you don't have a big like team yet, it helps to think of it as a natural cycle because it helps you weather bad times because bad times are going to come no matter what. Exactly. So Lindsay, my last question for you, and then we'll we need to make some time for you to ask your questions as well. Um, I wanted to mention that last year you took... Lindsay, or just nearly two years ago now, isn't it? Lindsay does languages, you took it on the road. So tell me what it was like to work while traveling the world. Mm. It was good fun. And I was I was doubtful before we left for two reasons. I was doubtful. I was I, you know, there was this there was this part of my brain that was thinking, is this going to be a huge mistake in the long run am I going to look back and think you know because things were going really well and I like we've just been talking about growth right and I've been like growing and growing and growing and it was like cool and then I'm going to take a year and just go and do something completely different is that is that going to just be a big mistake right and it's you know it's proved it wasn't but at the time there was this this slight niggle of that and then also the bigger voice was saying well the whole point of working online and maintaining this because originally I started working online it was an, it was initially going to be like a stopgap right then I would find offline students again but I loved it so much and I loved the flexibility of it that I kept going and you know so then there was this bigger voice saying the whole point of building this online was to be able to do this yeah so yeah that makes sense yeah so um so yeah it was it was it was an easier decision to make, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a hundred percent boom, easy, done, go. Of course there were there were questions, there were doubts, there was thoughts of is this right? And it was right. And on the road in terms of working, one of the one of the big doubts I had was will I be able to actually do stuff? And I stopped all my lessons because time zones, <laughs> right? Um so I'd stopped all my actual teaching lessons and I still had a few sessions I was doing with um people on things like OTSK and stuff like that um and it it worked out all right we had some times like in Mexico we were there for six weeks in um most like all in one place same in Paraguay we were there for four weeks in Cusco we were in for three weeks um and so we had these chunks where we would be relatively stable and like really getting to know a place and we'd work a lot in the mornings and then maybe go out in the afternoon like to go shopping and get food and but also then see other bits and then we'd have days off where you know you're not going to go to Cusco for three weeks and not go to Machu Picchu mm-hmm. you're not going to go to to Mexico for six weeks and not go out to see Chichen Itza right so that so we we I feel like we did quite a good job actually of getting that balance it was more it it, it taught me a lot as well about what's necessary in my business you know maybe before we went away there were things that I would have thought more necessary than maybe they are so maybe it's helped me to see that distinction of the things that matter more than others I don't know oh so you you learned you learned from the process yeah 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 Mm. 
It's, it's yeah. I like it. It's it's sort of a, and it feels. Does it feel like a punctuation mark? Sort of a, like you closing a chapter and your your new chapter started when you came back. Hmm. I've never never been asked that. It it no because we filmed the second series in Asia and because we were in Asia for a lot less time we were just filming so we were working other stuff on the road still releasing the season one episodes filming season two and then we came back and we had to edit season two we still had to film actually in July so about a year ago we were still recording episodes after we got home um to then sorry still filming interviews when we got home to then finish off the final bits of season Mm. two then we had to edit then we had to release them all right so there was this process going on of the of this year didn't quite end until i would say maybe two weeks ago when not a year off which was the book i wrote about the year when that came out that felt like a punctuation mark so it was almost like the year was like maybe a dash or like a colon and then there were these uh what are they called? Ellipses? Like dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, like, the book is like, boom, full stop, new paragraph. Ah, okay. Yes. Yes, that makes sense. Well, that was a little bit express yeah. your life in punctuation marks. It was a little bit, but I feel like, yeah, that's that's what it was. It wasn't quite <laughs> just a boom, done, move on. Yeah. Because it, it, it lingered for a long time. There were lots of things still, still being affected by by that year as we were making everything as we got home it was interesting yeah ah so just really quickly before we we, this is going to be a long one listeners so hopefully i mean hopefully (laughs) if you've listened this far you want to hear about this otherwise or or maybe you'll just have a really long drive uh so if you've listened this far um lindsay one in a in like one sentence do you have a top piece of advice for anyone who wants to work on the road um I would, yeah, I do have, have something in mind, know what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Don't just go for the sake of going thinking, I'm going to work. I'm going to be a digital nomad. I'm going to work and travel. It's going to be amazing. Have a purpose. Give yourself a purpose. Have a project. Have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to go with my questions? Yeah. If you've got one that you're curious about. Yeah. Okay. We'll start off then with um, how do you get a good work-life balance, <sighs> especially when you work from home? Oh, if you ask my husband or myself, some days I don't have a work-life balance. I have work. Uh, it's it's difficult because I enjoy my job. Having said that, over time you do kind of you do get used to things. So. I don't I don't have a routine in the same way that that you do. Like I don't mm. I don't start at this time, finish at this time. Um because I keep running late for everything in my life. So I I don't necessarily always do that. What I have found is I do have I've seasons and I become more aware of uh what um when i'm tired when i'm super exhausted when when i need a break so i try to i try to honor when i need a break 
um That's and then important. yeah yeah so i try to take care of myself a little bit better than, but some some days i will i will push it and then it's it's stupid you're always tired the next day it doesn't really work uh the other thing i do is i do have i i just have hobbies and stay in touch with people and i make sure that i have activities that i do outside of my working life that in fact have got nothing to do with with my working life so exercising is is one of those things and doing toastmasters is one of those things i don't tend to give language presentations at toastmasters even it's it's it doesn't feel related to my work and in the past i've i've done singing i've sung in choirs uh yeah yeah so so that but i do admit that i i think and and live in my business a lot more than four hours a week for sure uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued though how you say a lot of the hobbies well all of the hobbies you mentioned there you didn't actually include language learning in that does language learning feel almost like a halfway house to you between work and life yeah yeah I think yeah. so uh I do I do enjoy my language learning but I'm not hmm this is interesting when I do something like go to Machenflith or go to the Estefford, go to Wales, yeah, it absolutely doesn't feel like work. It feels like pure pleasure. It feels so enjoyable. Um, but at the same time, for example, because I do stuff like like clear the list and I share my language goals and I want to share them because it's, mm. I think it's an important part of of what I do. I I want to you know how can you show talk people about that I don't, I'm not just like a big if you're dog. not learning a language. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, it motivates me as well and it motivates me. And now I think it's, it's inextricable from each other because I try out new tools that I would have otherwise never heard about. I share a lot more about my, my language learning. I guess social media kind of became a thing while I was, while fluent was becoming a thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I think I would still learn languages if I didn't work with languages and, and I know from past work that that, that that is true but it's it's more now mm. so, so it's, it yeah halfway house is a good yeah. way of describing it yeah I, I feel the same it's kind of in the middle mm -hmm. you know I think that's why I do it in the morning almost before work it's like kind of revs me up for <laughs> it's like how I start like okay done the regular life stuff for the morning now language and then work <laughs> And then boom, done. Did, I, you you said though at the very beginning there, right? And this actually, I'm I'm pleased you said it because it's my next question. You mentioned that you enjoy your work, so mm -hmm. it it you know it's it's there. It's not like oh I've got to go to work. It's something that you actually enjoy doing. Do you ever feel guilty for having a job that you enjoy? No, I know from time to no, no, oh no, just grateful. You don't feel guilty that like other people don't have a job that they enjoy necessarily or like, should I have like, quote unquote, a proper job? Ah, that's a different question. <laughs> ah. uh, no, no, because I feel like there is a price that you pay when you're when you do this, which is giving up regular money, regular, predictable money is nice. Um, is it makes you feel safe. It's it's something that that you know that I did really give up, um, mm. and I did sort of you know I had to adjust 
when I say I had to adjust how I was living, it's not like I was like caviar jaguar before. Um, but, you know, like I wasn't <laughs> here in my backyard with my Lamborghini, <laughs> uh, <sighs> Ty Lopez. No, no, no. But I did, um, I think when I started fluent for about maybe two or three years, I didn't buy new clothes. Everything I bought was either, or like I didn't buy any clothes for full price. Um, everything I bought was either secondhand or on discount. And I was very, very careful with my money in a way that I wasn't careless before at all. But I just, you know, all my budgets got cut for everything. Mm. And I think this is this is one of those things where it's like, well, I was, you know, I was 30 and I had a career of, of sorts. Um, so do but- you feel like because you've made those almost, I guess, sacrifice isn't quite the right word, but maybe because you've you've made those changes Mm. you don't you don't you don't feel that guilt because you you're like no I've chosen this yeah yeah I definitely feel like well I've chosen this I I often like I had a conversation with my one of my best friends this weekend we were chatting and there is there were many things that we talked about in terms of life choices and lifestyle choices like where do you live where do you move to and there was a real sense that I got from her that she had worries about her pension for example and like old age security and that kind of thing and that is something that you have much more security with in a set workplace at least for the first I don't know, depending on who you are and how how entrepreneurial you are and how successful for the first one to 10 years or something like that. And that is something that that a lot of self-employed friends that I have are like, yes, I am, you know, like I'm genuinely looking at the possibility of either working till 70 or or like just old age poverty or something like that. So not that that is anything, I don't want any listeners to be put off. It's not worth being put (laughs) off. But you you do live in a riskier space, at least for a little while. Mm. So it's important that you do something that you enjoy. And I think in my life, I've always felt like I have a choice. I'm very grateful that I have a choice. I'm, you know, I, I appreciate it very much. But I don't feel guilty because I feel like it, can, it comes with sacrifice too. Yeah, interesting. I think I've always felt like our generation. I don't know. Are we the same generation? I'm a. I'm so. a. I'm a. You're an elder cusp. millennial. Yeah, I'm an elder. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what they're called. Yeah, There's you're just millennial. Sometimes people say, "Come and, come and join us." Um, I feel like we're probably not going to retire. If I put, if I had, you know, a, like I have a little pension, the the county council that I worked with for essentially when I was at the school, the county council literally went bankrupt. Mm, so, mm. you know, I'd rather be in charge of that myself. Thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I'm probably going to work till I'm old anyway, because we'll probably be healthy enough to do so, touch wood, mm-hmm. you know, all things going well we'll probably live for quite a while and be able to work for quite a while. I feel like 60, when I was younger, 60 was like, boom, 60, retire, done. Well, like, you know, our parents are that age and they're not retired. They're kind of in this, well, one of them Mm. is, they're kind of in this casual state of like easing into it, right? And 
60, I look at, you know, our, our parents and 60, they, they don't look old to me. Like 60 mm. year olds used to feel when I was younger. And I think that, yeah, it's, there's a lot of life to live before then. So, yeah. You've, you've, you've convinced me. Zero guilt. It's all good. Zero um, guilt. <laughs> one final question for you. Yeah. What motivates you at the start of each week to get out of bed and to do fluent? Well, to get out of bed is because Christian gets out of bed, my husband, and he has to actually go to a workplace. So then I would feel very bad if I stayed in bed and just chilled. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess a, a, a general sense of, of like duty and productivity, having had a rest over the weekend. So this is, this goes back to work-life balance, right? So if we're really talking about Mondays, I think it's, it, it is important if you are working for yourself that you do take breaks and sometimes three, four day long breaks because you need that energy to co to come back mm. in. Um, on, on a bigger scale or on a more specific scale in terms of fluent, what motivates me? Mm. Mm. It depends on what project I have on the go. I think I like I like finishing stuff. I like to I like to get something done. And actually, the Fluent Show comes out um, on a Monday morning at seven, usually. Yeah. So that's quite that's quite an exciting moment. Actually, that's like uh, the first thing I have in a week is something I'm kind of proud of. So that's I guess pretty cool. Oh. Um, cool. I don't know. It's it's my job, right? So so I don't I don't struggle with motivation to an extent that I am aware of, but that doesn't mean I don't slack off during the day. Hmm. Cool. That's my questions. What about you? What motivates me? Um, I I feel like the start of a new week is almost like the start of a blank page, or like a you know you turn the page and it's like okay cool, let's start again. I, every week I feel like let's try and be a little bit better than the week before. I find that quite motivating. Hmm. There's like self-motivation or like self-determination in there as well. Like motivation is related to self-determination. And if you can, if you can feel, if you can be in a situation where you feel like, yeah, man, let's do something and I have control and I have an impact, I can, I can have an impact. I can have a, you know, my work actually goes somewhere. If you can feel like that, then motivation is, is very, it just comes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Oh, very interesting. Okay, well, listeners, this is where we're going to put a pin in it and continue this conversation with focus on the products that we make on the secret podcast episode that you can get by going to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash teach dash thrive. Don't worry, it's in the show notes. And you can also get a special conversation from me and Lindsay about marketing, how we approach marketing, um, how we, you know, how we, how we think about selling our wares and all those kind of things. Uh, you can find that on Teach Languages Online, which is a podcast hosted by Lindsay. Um, and Lindsay's got a bonus episode for you too. So there's lots and lots and lots in this conversation. When even though this has gone on quite long, I feel like we've just scraped it. And we, I'm so looking forward to you to having more conversations and sharing what we 
what we know and how we do it with you. If you want to go deeper, we've got the season of workshops from July to December for, like I said, ambitious online teachers and creators. It's, pre creators. it's presented by me and by Lindsay. You can find that at that teach-thrive that I've now mentioned so many times that hopefully you'll be able to find it. Lindsay, you looking forward to the next one? Very much looking forward to the next one. Awesome. So listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Fluent Show. It's a slightly different one. So don't worry, we're back to the usual loving living and learning languages. But this is a part of living languages. And this behind the scenes was hopefully interesting to you. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate it in Apple Podcasts. Or you can do such a thing in Spotify. Or you can do it in Stitcher. Or send me an email. My email address is kerstin at fluentlanguage.co.uk. We're on Twitter at The Fluent Show. Or you can hashtag The Fluent Show over on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, all the social media. We're wherever you will want to find us. <laughs> And the show notes for this episode are at fluent.show slash 139. would love to hear what you thought of this. If you're interested in the topic, you know where to look, but just send us some feedback. Really looking forward to hearing from you. That is it from me for this episode. Goodbye and goodbye from Lindsay. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.